Good morning and welcome once again. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. And good to look out and see each and every one of you out here with us today. We thank you for coming out and joining us. And uh, we're going to continue on with uh, what we've been talking about over these past few weeks. And we're going to look at a, another segment today. And the title of today's message is Come As You Are. I guess we'll just stop right there and have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today, Father, to get into your, your house, Father, to get into your word, Father, just to see what you have for us today, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father, and as always, just take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Come as you are. It's been the, uh, the title of quite a few songs over the years, and... Today it's it's a message, and we've been talking about about church and how we are to respond as we want to become part of it, and how we are to respond as being part of it. And there's many things that over the years I find interesting from being a pastor, from studying the human condition that that we tend to do, and that we tend to just follow our traditions. We just follow what's been passed down from one generation to the next from just what we're told, what we observe other people do, and we really don't think much of it. We just do it because that's the way it's always been. That's the way we've always done it. And we don't ever really question why. So many times we're told not to question. We're told not to question adults, not to question our elders, not to question God. And that can be very taken in the wrong context because we need to ask questions. We need to be informed because there's no sense of doing something over and over again if it's the wrong thing, if it's not beneficial to us as human beings, as followers of Christ, and if it's not beneficial to God who is trying to further his kingdom here on earth, who is trying to see souls saved, who is trying to see people come to him. It does no good if we're doing the wrong thing. It does no good if we are not becoming the children that he wants us to be, his children, the people that we're to grow up and to become, to our hope and our future. We cannot do these things if we're doing the wrong things. So we have to ask questions. We have to seek that knowledge. We have to challenge what the world says is the norm. Because so many times the world paints this picture of how the world says it should be. But when we look at that in contrast to what God says, there is a vast, vast difference. Let's start off today and let's take a look at James 2. And verse 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, which respects a person. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in a godly, goodly apparel, there come also a poor man in veil rampant. And ye say, Respect to him that weareth gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou in our good place. And that sayest to the poor, 
Thou stand there or sit under my footstool. Are there not then partial in ourselves that become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved, hearken, my beloved brethren. Hearken, not God chooses the poor of the world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which had promised to them, and thy love him. But that that have despised the poor, do not rich men oppress you, and draw there before judgment seats. Do not they blast me that worst name which they are called. If the fruits of the royal law are according to scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as I love thyself. So there we go. We're talking about judgment again based on what? Appearance. Appearance. And we've, uh, we've seen this theme now over a couple different lessons that we've came. And here it is showing up again. And, and how often do we do that? Let me tell you a story. Story time. I was in a, a Bible bookstore. Now, for some of you, that is a store that used to exist. They're hard to find these days, very hard to find, but used to be they was around and you could go into a store and it sold nothing but all different kinds of Bibles and religious books and study guides and just everything you could think of to make your walk with Christ a little bit easier, a little bit more fun, informational. It was a a nice place to hang out if you're in that court kind of thing. And um, when uh, the chance arose, I would like to indulge the shelves myself and look at all the different things and, and whatnot. And uh, during one of these times, we were in line getting ready to, to check out with a few things. And there was a, a man in front of us, and he had a couple cases, not just one or two, but a couple cases filled full of Bibles. And uh, he walked up to the counter. Now, let me paint a picture for you. This fella was little on the large size. And he had him a nice Duck Dynasty beard going on here. It was on down, on down his chest. And he had hair in the back that about matched it in lengths. And he had him on a nice pair of cargo shorts and flip-flops and one of the loudest shirts you've ever seen in your life and he had a a bracelet and an earring and he was just a very colorful character and the the mature woman behind the counter she said um so what are you planning on doing with all these bibles and uh he said, well, I'm taking them to my church so we can have them to give out and to, for people to use. That We, uh, we need them now. We're all out. And, um, and she said, well, I bet you that your pastor really appreciates that. And he said, well, I am the pastor. And you should have just seen the look that came across her face. She's like, you're the pastor. And it's her whole attitude changed. It's like, well, you doesn't fit the mold. 
And, uh, and she made some kind of a comment that went along the lines of, I thought the pastors even wore their suits to the beach. Because he wasn't fitting the normal mold of what we think we should see. And that's the case. If you was to walk into a kindergarten class and you told the kids to draw a picture of what the pastor looks like, what do you think we're going to see? That three-piece suit, the tie, maybe some nice nice rings, all of the hairs in place, clean-shaven, it's the same thing with our building. We expect a, a certain thing. We want to make our, our churches look grand. We want to put in the fancy windows. We want to have the, the nice seating. We want to have everything looking just so. And the question is, why? We've heard the term, put on your Sunday best. Our Sunday best. Let's look at a few more things here in the Word of God while we're while we're at it. Let's look at um, let's go to the Old Testament. Let's look at First Samuel sixteen and seven. But the Lord said unto Samuel. Look not on his countenance, nor of his height of his statue, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeketh not a man as man seeketh. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but Lord looketh upon his heart. Uh oh, I think like we're starting to see a pattern here. So let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 9. In all manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. First. Timothy, if we're at now, and First Peter three, three and four. For let it be hidden, man of the heart, which is not corruptible, even with the ornaments of the meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price. For after this manner in old time, holy women also trusted to God and adorned themselves, being subject to their own husbands. Putting on our, our Sunday best. You know, it's funny what we do as, as humans. We're always trying to inject ourselves and we're trying to make what God has done either better or we're trying to adapt it to ourselves. So that's what we, we tend to, to do. And if we look at 
different forms of what we call organized religion today, we see how much man has injected themselves in it. We see that God is not worried about our outward appearance. He's not worried about what everyone else sees. He's worried about the heart and what the heart does. Because that's where our, our fruits come from. That's where our works come from is our heart. But we, we go back to what we started with today in, um, in James, and we look upon the outer appearance. I wonder if Jesus was going to make a surprise visit. If he's going to come walking through the doors, how would he be dressed? What would he do? What would he wear? And how would we treat him based upon that? Because we see, we see that suit. We see a, a lawyer. They walk in and they're wearing that uh, fancy suit. And we automatically think this is a person of means, a person of ability. Same thing with a doctor. They're underneath that white cloak. They're always very nicely dressed. And if you follow either one of them to the parking lot, there's probably a nice, vehicle that goes along with this illusion there's also a nice house there's, there's a whole entire package of an image but yet if we see someone that comes in looking less than a little worn a little a little tattered then we tend to to stray away from them We don't care why they're there. We don't care what their need is. We're just concerned about how they look. And if they don't look like us, or if they don't look to the standard, then we tend to shy away, or even worse, we want to push them away. Can we go back to the start of this whole thing? What do we do? We want to recruit people that look and think and act just like us. But that's not our purpose. Jesus, he went and he sat with the sinners. He ate with the sinners because they're the ones that needed him. We uh, are to invite people to church. We want people to come in. And you get... Two different things. One thing is they'll say, yeah, I'm going to be there. Then they never do. And then you got some of them that they go ahead and start throwing all their excuses at you. And the one thing that I've heard many times is I just, I don't have nothing to wear. I don't have the right attire. And uh, that's one thing that really got me Changing the way that I think. Changing the way that I respond. I remember when I first started all this and, and uh, went out and bought some new clothes. And, you know, people were saying, you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to have this and you got to have all these things. You got to complete that look. 
Gotta complete that look. Because that's what we're used to seeing. And even, we was told it said it's, it's, a, it's a respect to God to have to look a certain way. If you're going to occupy the space, you have to look a certain way. But I don't know where this comes from because that's not what the Word of God says. God's not concerned about our outward appearance. God's concerned about our heart. He's concerned about what's coming out of our mouths. He's concerned about what we are, are teaching. Remember, not everyone has grew up in church. Not everyone has a family that grew up in church. Not everyone has a church family. They don't have church friends. Many people are alone in the world. And because they are, they are seeking something. And they're seeking that refuge that only Jesus can bring. And see, so many of us, we've gotten caught up in the whole religious aspect of things. We do all the rituals. You know, we dress a certain way. We act a certain way. We have our, our, our coffee. We have our gossip. We have our little, little things. And we check off all the boxes. And we run through the service. And we do everything the same way each and every time. And if we mess up and we skip a step, oh, there's a problem. We don't change anything because we don't like change. And we have to keep dead on our way we've always done it. Because that's what we do. That's what we Christians do. We stay on how we do it. So then we have people that are coming in. And they're already, they're battered by the world. They're battered. The world has been beating them down because they're missing out on having that camaraderie, that having that stability of having people that's praying for them, that's with them, that's helping them along the way. They're not having that close interpersonal connection with Jesus. Their faith is weak. So they have all these things that are stacked against them. So they walk in to a church, a sanctuary, a place where you're supposed to be safe and comfortable and they're supposed to be welcomed with loving and open arms because after all, we're supposed to be acting like Jesus and that's exactly what Jesus would do. He wouldn't turn anyone away based on especially their outward appearance. And we do just that. We want to turn them away. Oh no, you don't look the part. You're not welcome here. And we have no idea what their story is. Anybody ever have encounters with the police? They're walking around in these uniforms with all these fancy shiny badges and nameplates and they have all this equipment on them it can be very intimidating because we understand what that represents and it's based not on the person but for what we see is that outward appearance doctors sometimes can be intimidating because you're waiting on some kind of news and how they deliver that news to you can be devastating that news can be also 
good. But many times it's just there's such a, a fear involved. And we know that just strictly based on just how they look. We know that they've went through the schooling. They have the experience. They have the skills. Lawyers can be very intimidating just because of that look. So someone walks in and they're damaged and they're beaten and they're weathered from the world and they walk up and what do they see? The man that they need to talk to is dressed to the nines. He's sparkling in the light. He's looking larger than life. All because of his outward appearance. I've sat right here in this very building talking with other religious institutions. And they've talked about how they have turned people away because they don't fit the required dress code. Folks, I'm here to tell you that if you have to be perfect to walk up in a church to get help, then we don't need to be here. Because if you can go find that perfection out there on your own, then what are we doing? You know, it's like uh, if you went to the doctor and said, okay, I need to lose 200 pounds. And the doctor says, well, fine, you go lose 100 on yourself and come back and see me. I'll help you lose that second 100. Folks, if I can do the first one on my own, I can do the second one too. There's no stipulation in the Word of God that says we have to be at a certain level. We are to come together and to help each other to grow and to prosper and to become. I got to uh, counsel with a person. It's been a few years back now. And uh, in, in need. There's times that it feels like when just one thing happens, everything just kind of falls apart. And sometimes it all can just stem from, from one thing. And he had a, a drinking problem. And through this, it had cost him many things. His, his family just couldn't stick with it. His children, his job, it, had, it cost him so much. And he knew that he was needing help. But the problem was that he had went from place to place. And it was so intimidating That he couldn't just walk up. And he couldn't talk about what was going on in his life. He just felt so bad because he had done all this stuff. He felt so responsible. He had so many things just happening. And he had such guilt and fear and doubt. 
and he couldn't go amongst everyone that seemed to have everything so perfectly arranged. And then he met this ragamuffin. <laughs> and you can see that I gave up the, the norms of what was expected by the world when it comes. And uh, a lot of it was for, for this reason. Because I don't want to be above anyone else. We're all equal here. We're all God's children. I don't want to be intimidating. I want to be approachable. I want to help. And if real, honest, Indian people are saying this is a problem, then it's a problem. And when we go to the Word of God, and we look at what the Word of God says, because we could follow the old saying, we need to put on our Sunday best. But the Word of God says we need to be conservative. We need to be meek. We need to need to be adoring. So let me go ahead and throw that old three-letter question here. Why? What's God trying to tell us? What, what are we supposed to get out of all this? First of all, when we say we're putting on that Sunday best, who are we doing that for? Well, we're doing it for God. Liar! We're not doing it for God. We're doing it to look at me. You know, I probably could make a top 10 list of why people don't stick with a certain church uh, or why they tend to bounce around. And one of the things is they're looking for a mate. They're looking for that personal, personal connection. We see it with the youth. We see it with the single adults that they're looking for something. And that's the first and foremost reason for their presence here and not to follow God. Now, I'm not saying that church ain't a great place to meet someone. I mean, I could think of a whole lot of worse places you could go. But it should never be your primary objective. And I've lost person after person for just that reason because the dating pool just simply wasn't big enough. So who are we dressing up for? We are here to look at one another, to look at me. And don't deny it, we'd have that look at me approach in everything that we do. I like recording. I don't do 
videos or anything like that. I like to be behind the scenes. I like to be that faceless voice. Because I want it to be God's word. It's God's story. He is the author. I'm just a narrator. I'm just telling it how he wants it. I'm not up here to put on a fancy show. I try not to get out from behind this pulpit up here because it covers most of me up. I just want to be that voice. We don't have to be fancy. We don't have to be a distraction. Oh yes, our Sunday best can be a distraction as well. You look at some places and it looks like it's some kind of a of a fashion show. We see hats and earrings and it's not just the ladies, it's the men too. And we do it all in the name of God. But I've looked all through the Word and I cannot find anywhere where God has praised anyone for some kind of fancy hat or fancy garments. There's even a few instances where he had a couple people preach naked. That's something for another day. But we've had this illusion, our, our, our Sunday best. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, real, we're laid back here, but we see that in other instances, there's, they have very strict dress codes that the women can only dress a certain way, the men can only dress a certain way, and it comes down to every little detail. Can you imagine Jesus kicking someone out because... They wasn't wearing the right kind of attire. That uh, they didn't have on a skirt or their hair wasn't the right length or something of that nature. You know, Jesus, he stood out there on a boat. People just gathered up in a field. You know, that tells me that all of this is, is not important. What color the walls are what color the carpet is, how big the building is. None of that is important. Because the stuff that we were reading about, that took place on a mountaintop. That took place by the waterside. That took place in a field. Were them people wearing their Sunday best? Or did they just come exactly how they were? Had a, a pop-up Jesus meeting. He showed up, one in the town, and began to teach, and the crowds began to form. And it's all because they came as they are. Because Jesus didn't care. The idea of our outward appearance 
as a prerequisite of coming to church is ludicrous. We have to hear God's word. Well, first of all, we have to get it out of our that idea out of our heads that we are the ones that's making the difference. Because I can stand up here, I can give you the best preaching you've ever heard in your life, and without the Holy Spirit moving you, it does nothing. It's just words. It takes that God's spin on it. When we say our prayers, we say amen. That is, we're putting that Jesus stamp on whatever we just say. It takes that. We have all these ideas and we think that we're the big picture of it. We can't do anything without God. We want to have everyone be just like us. Now, I'm not saying that we need to be totally laxed. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. We're still running a professional organization here, and we want to look at such. We want to be representatives of God in a positive way. What I'm saying is, is that we're not going to be on that level from the get-go. I don't care what someone looks like. If they truly want to hear the Word of God, if they truly have a longing that they are trying to fulfill, let them come. Let them come just as they are. And you know what? These problems... Wait a second. Let me back up. Our perceived problems... Because that's what we do. We look and we judge. And we see all the things that are wrong. And all the things we wish we could fix. And many of us have that urgency to want to go tell them. But what we need to do is just stop. Because it's not our place. And just let it be. Let them hear the word. Let the Holy Spirit work. Let Conviction take a hold. See, nobody ever wants to take a few patience and just try these things. You guys want to have an experience? You want to experience God? Give God a chance to give you an experience. I want you to sit up here and listen to what I'm telling you and try it in your lives. So try this. When you see that person, instead of Going and tell them all the things that's wrong with them because you think you're a better person. And you got to tell them they need to act like you and look like you and do like you because you say so. How about just not? How about we let them hear the word of God? How about we let God work in their lives? And then over time, we can slowly see that transformation. 
There's people that they're scared to death to fill out a visitor slip. Because, you know, they come in for the first time and they're afraid that the very next day they're going to get bombarded with phone calls or visits or, or things like that because that's what we do. And the reality is we just kind of need to see how things are, are going to play because if you, if you like what you hear, if the Holy Spirit's working, you're going to come back. If it's not a good fit, if you're either battling it in your head, you're battling it in your mind, you know they say if you're going to be hypnotized, if you're convinced yourself that you're not going to fall under, that you're not going to fall under. You have to allow yourself to do it. It's the same thing with God. You have got to be receptive of what you're hearing. And if you're not going to be receptive, if you're not going to be part of the family... Because you can go in, you can be standoffish, and you decide you're only going to do things your way, and think people's either going to conform to you, or you're not going to be a part of it, or you can just let things play out. If you're not willing to let God take the reins, to let Jesus take the wheel, to let the Holy Spirit lead you, then there is nothing that I can do or say that's going to change your mind. I am just a man. And I'll be honest with you, I got less persuasive power than most of you that's listening to me today because people expect it of me. I like to not look like a preacher because I can come at you covert. Because you don't know what to expect. I don't lead off with it. I don't look like it. I come in undercover. And then after I talk with you for a few minutes, then... Then, you know, I might let you in on the secret. What I'd really like to do is invite them to church, and when they see me standing up here, that'll really be a surprise for them. They treat you differently because they expect it of you. They expect you're going to come at them at a certain way. And it loses some of the punch. We like based on a true story. So we have to... Look for people that's similar to us, have a similar story. And if then they can make it, then, then we can make it. If you're concerned about the, the image, if a person's dress, a person's history, or anything else you can come up with, if you think that is going to bring down the image of your church, then maybe your church has got the wrong image altogether. It's not a beauty contest. It's not a museum. We're here to help. You know, when people come into a hospital, they're at the worst. They're sick. They're hurt. They're in pain. They don't care about how they look, how they're perceived. They just want to get better. And for many people walking into church, they're in the same condition. When you're in a bad situation, when you're sick, 
when you're depressed, when you're in need, and you're walking into a church trying to find help, just like you walk into a hospital to find medical help, we don't care about all those perceived things. When you walk into the hospital, you don't care if your makeup's gone. You don't care how you're dressed. You just want that help. But see, in the hospital, we're not judged by how we come in. We're dealing with professionals. And they're supposed to treat us a certain way. And if they don't, there's consequences. We don't hold our churches to the, the same standard. And we allow individuals to ridicule and to judge and to push away people in need. And we let it go. Because they've been there for so long. That they're an established family. That they was founders of the church. There's always some kind of something that seems to exempt people from having decent behavior. And the church is no place for that. Everyone should be welcomed. Everyone should feel welcomed as they come in. We shouldn't be intimidating. We shouldn't be as scary. We shouldn't be unfriendly. And we shouldn't base ourselves on outward appearances. Let's give people an opportunity to prove who they really are. Because just like the word says, we can have the most best dressed person with the worst heart. And we could have someone that looks like they've been thrown away that has nothing but love and the best intentions. We don't give them a chance. Put away your judgment. Put away all the ways we used to do it, how we think we should do it, and just look strictly what would Jesus do. We keep saying we want to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. Not proven it yet. Actions. 